I feel supernatural energy coming on me. Welcome to Thursday night teaching Grace Point. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, last week, we finished up on the nine gifts of the Spirit. want to say again, there's more information and books out there on the gifts of the Spirit. Pick up a good one and uh, read it, learn more about it. Even more importantly, ask God to anoint you and be ready to use one of those nine gifts of the Spirit. You'll never operate in them unless you want to and you're willing to. So um, praise the Lord. Father, bless our hearing. Bless my speaking. Let it be with revelation, understanding, and knowledge to the prophet of the church. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to continue in 1 Corinthians. Powerful. Paul is setting the gifts of the Spirit, the moving of the Spirit, the operation of the Spirit uh, in order, and he's addressing the church. Okay, this is a huge uh, part of this book. Paul is addressing the church. So let's start with verse 12 in chapter 12. He says, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Now, right there, I could go onto a big tangent and preach three messages right there. So also is Christ. So, Sam, going to ask you a question and know you're working. When you think of Christ, who do you think of? Exactly, and so do I. You hear the word Christ, and you think of Jesus. But when Paul uses the word Christ, he is not just talking about Jesus. He's talking about you, and you're going to see that very clearly. Christ, now Jesus is a human Man, he's the God-man, he's fully God, fully man, the great mystery of godliness, God became a man, okay, Jesus, Jesus is the God-man, fully God, fully man, but when you use the word Christ, Christ is actually a body, and you are a member of Christ, who's the head of the body? Yeah, now some people say, well, Christ is the head. No, 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 no. (laughs) Christ is the whole body, okay? Christ is not the head because you are Christ. You are members of Christ, right? Right? Amen. Jesus is the head of the body of Christ. Know that. Believe it. It's true. And I'm going to read on. So we're many members, but how many bodies are there? One, that means, Brian, your welfare and your well-being spiritually, mentally, and physically affects me. If you come in a bad, a bad mood on Sundays, Brian, do you think that affects me? Brian, do you think that affects me? Absolutely it does. Of course, we affect each other. If I came in and preached a nasty, rotten, angry sermon, if you were listening, I mean, Sam, would that affect you? Yeah, of course. Or if someone comes in and they have a gift of hospitality, but they're not in the mood to be hospitable, wouldn't that affect people? Of course. You don't have anybody there being nice and handing out snacks or, you know, um, so everybody in the body has certain gifts that they're bringing and we're all attached to one another. What I'm saying and what I'm meaning by this illustration is we're not independent of one another. 
Whether you pray or, or not affects the whole body. How many Christians do you think didn't vote yesterday? And this, I'm taping this the day after the election. How many Christians do you think didn't? Don't you think that affected the outcome of the election? If Christians didn't go out and vote no on issue one? What if it was 300,000 Christians just didn't make time to go vote yesterday? Isn't that going to affect the outcome of that? Of course it is. We have to understand as sons of God, daughters of God, we have accountability and responsibility. We need one another. And Brian and Sam are back here recording. That's why I keep using their names. I hope I'm not using them in vain. But I absolutely could not be making this video if it wasn't for Brian back there. And Brian's training Sam. I could not make this video unless he was back there working on that back table. And do I need Brian. I need him. Um, we have a congregation of people. People come in and they put money in the offering plate, which keeps these lights on. You notice these lights are on? We, we still have a mortgage on this building. So far, we have not been foreclosed on. That's because, and, and I'm a tither, I'm a giver, and I trust that many people, I, I wish everybody was a tither, because it takes all of us to keep this thing moving forward. We feed 150 kids in Haiti three times a week. If people do not give, we will not be able to feed those kids in Haiti. Did you know that? We're members of, I, I cannot believe the callousness or the lack of responsibility we can take on as members of this body as if what we do is not important. We need each other. And I'm going to show you that's exactly what Paul says too. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into how many bodies, Sam? One body. Doesn't matter if you're a Jew or you're a Gentile. Doesn't matter if you're a slave or you're free. We have all been made to drink into how many spirits? One spirit. Brother Brian, Brother Sam, Brother Brad, Sister Pam's here doing stuff, cleaning and doing stuff. We all have been made to drink. We have one spirit. Anybody that hears this video, this teaching, we have one spirit. You have the same, if you're a believer in Christ, you have the same father that I have. Your daddy is my daddy, okay? We have one spirit. And this is, okay. He says, for if in fact the body is not one member but many, the body of Christ. If the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I am not the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I am not the body, is it therefore not the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? And if the whole body were hearing, how would you smell? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if we were all one member, where would the body be? See, we have an overemphasis in the 21st century church we have an overemphasis on the guy that's preaching or the pastor. 
I can tell you as a pastor, I could, I'm not saying I do, but I could come up here and preach my heart out every week and preach angelic sermons, not saying I do, but I could. But if the people in the body do not take their place, you would have no church. You could be Billy Graham. And if you didn't have people behind you giving, praying, serving, they used to have these huge altar calls at the Billy Graham Crusades, and there would be thousands or hundreds of people serving the Billy Graham ministry, praying for the people that came forward. They'd fill out cards and they'd have follow-up. It wasn't just Billy. Billy was the voice of God, of the body of Christ, but there were all these hands and feet and ears and eyes. So, so it is in the body. So I'll just mention like, okay, so in our, in our local body, people come in. We have someone that greets at the door. Sam, can I be back there all the time greeting at the door? No, I cannot. We have someone else downstairs that they're teaching. There's someone else downstairs making coffee, getting it ready for the people that come in the door. Somebody else, which is Menti, making the bulletins, getting those bulletins ready. And then it's um, another brother at the door, Michael Hirschman, that's handing out the bulletins. He's been doing it for years. That's his ministry. And then there's somebody else that's making the calendars for the church. There's somebody else that had cleaned the church. The reason the church isn't filthy dirty. Someone comes in during the week and cleans the church. We have uh, Samaritan's Purse, Samaritan's Ministries going on right now. Missy Fister is heading that up, and people are volunteering for that ministry, keeping it going. One person, obviously, is not the whole body. Like I said, you got Brian back here and uh, Sam, they're doing sound. I can't be back preaching and doing sound. You got Gideon and his team leading worship. We have deacons that come forward and take up the offering. We hopefully have everybody in the church putting money into the offering so we can continue preaching the gospel. We may have someone to prophesy. We have altar calls and different people come up and pray with people in the prayer ministry. So I do not understand why people think that they're not important. They can just, you know, come to church two times out of four, two times out of five, one time a month, or not be there. You are every bit as important as the pastor in your church is because you're a part of the body. You're necessary. That's what Paul's saying. You're necessary. Don't look at yourself as unnecessary. Well, no one will miss me. I don't need to be. I don't care if you just come sit on the pew and say amen. That's an encouragement to your pastor. Go sit on that pew. Say amen. If you ain't got any money, throw a dollar in the plate. Do something. Get behind the vision. Take your part, whether you're a pinky, you're a neck, you're an arm, you're a toe. No matter what your place in the body he says, because we're all important and we all can't do the same thing. Do you understand that? You're important. The church won't function without you. We need you. Please show up and be ready to serve. Be ready to pray. Be ready to do whatever it is you add to the con. Maybe it's just your presence. But what it, maybe you're a great worshiper and the church needs you to be worshiping and bringing the church into the presence of God, helping to do that. But whatever it is, 
You're a part of this body and you're necessary. But now indeed we're many members, yet one body, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, rather these members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor. Our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God has composed the body, having given great honor to the part that lacks, that there should be no division or schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all the members suffer. If one member is honored, all the members are honored with it. And I'll end up on this section because the other section I want to get into a little deeper next time. I want to ask you a question. I want you to listen. I don't know if you've been listening, but I want you to listen. Does the church operate that way? Do we give the more abundant honor to the parts that are weaker and that lack, that are less beautiful? The beautiful parts don't need as much attention. I told a person this week, I said, I don't uh, worry about you or concern, you know, send you texts and encourage you as much because I always assume you're doing okay. You're a strong Christian. You're very active. I know that you're doing good, but I'm concerned about that person that may be hurt or maybe sick or needs prayer. or Maybe they don't get attention. They're weaker or that's the person. I'm really concerned about that weaker member. Do we do that? Do we honor the lesser person? Well, ask yourself, when you're thinking about going out to eat after church, do you always go out with your friends? Nothing wrong with that. But do you ever honor the less beautiful person, the less gifted person, and say, hey, the new person, and say, hey, do you want to go out with me? I'm going to go out with this person. Do you want to come with me? You ever think about doing that? When you come into church, you just sit and talk to your friends, you, you go try to find someone that's in need, someone that's not beautiful, someone that maybe has more. Do you go try to talk to them or maybe a new person? Or do you just strictly pay attention to your friends and us four and no more? That's what Paul's saying. He says that these uh, beautiful parts don't need as much attention. It's the parts that aren't beautiful, the weaker parts that need more honor. That's how God put this thing together. And that's how we should be. And then finally, he says that when one member suffers, we should all suffer when one member is honored. So when someone's honored, and surely you don't get jealous when someone gets credit. I mean that sincerely. See, the body of Christ doesn't get jealous. We love it. Uh, recently, Charlie Rowley was voted coach of the year for football in Licking County. He's a Utica coach. He's a friend of mine, you know. Cross-country coaches aren't jealous because Charlie is voted coach of the year, and maybe we weren't, right? Uh, no, we're happy for him. We wanna, he's honored, so we want to be honored with him. We want to rejoice in his honor. Uh, a couple years ago, Charlie had two victories or one victory, and he was struggling, and it was even possible his job could be in jeopardy eventually, right? So he was suffering, so at that time, the right response to be, would be to pray for him, and I did, and suffer with him and encourage him because maybe he was suffering in that situation. A few years later, coach of the year, he's honored, 
we're honored that He's honored. We need to have the same care for one another. When someone's suffering, we suffer with them. They're a part of our body. When someone's honored, we're not jealous. We're part of the body. We're happy for them. We rejoice with them. Okay, we'll pick up there next week. Let's continue on through chapter 12.